0: Welcome to Teaching Restored, where we discuss how to teach the gospel of Jesus Christ in a way that motivates us to change for the so much better. I'm Kevin Jones.
1: I'm Julie Hilliard.
0: Yes, you are. And we're going to have another great discussion about how to teach this, how to teach, how, and and today I want to talk about a phrase that uh when I so let me let me give you the background on this phrase that I heard that I've always keep with me and that I use all the time in my head. Sometimes I use it with my kids. Um and this really helps focus me on how to teach. And this was this phrase came from a bishop uh, I had years ago, Dave Anderson, a uh, great man who taught me so many things. I was I was brought into the bishopric at a young age and I was totally intimidated, had no idea what to do. And so he was like my father figure in all of this. And I learned so much from him in there. And I don't know whether he made this up or whether he got it from someone else or whether he even knew that he said it.
1: <laughs> you him he Be- said it since? What was that? Have you reminded him that he said it since? No, or is I haven't. To Bishop Dave Anderson.
0: You know, I I should I should send him this podcast and say Bishop. shout out, buddy. Yay. Shout out to you. Yes. <laughs> so, um, the phrase that he brought up, and he'd said at least a couple times, and I've kind of picked that up, and I went, oh, I, I love this for so many reasons. I want to break this down. He says we need to teach and testify with clarity and conviction. And then recently I've added another piece to that that I'll tell you about. So I want to break this down a little bit. Let's just take it word by word. Teach. So I call this my T's and C's, by the way. All right, Uh, The T's and C's of teaching. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Imagine that. So teach. the, The teach part is what we're doing all the time. Right. That isn't that isn't anything new, but at the same time, when we teach, we need to know what we're teaching. Yeah. And, of course, what we're focusing on is how do you teach that? So it's becoming better in our teaching abilities. Now, the teaching, Julie, you and I have discussed this before. There's a difference between teaching, facilitating, leading. Um, oh, there's another word that I I can't remember that off the top of my head. But... There there's a difference between each of those. And I think teaching kind of encompasses all of that because I don't, you know, teaching and, and facilitating and
1: <laughs> we had like a philosophical discussion where we broke them all down and tried to define them. And we realized that semantics were clouding up all of it. It was crazy.
0: Yes. Yes, it was
1: umbrella, Are you using teaching as the umbrella word for all? Of yes, those things?
0: all okay. of those things. Right.
1: Yeah.
0: Whether it's right. leading a discussion. Yeah, all, all of that. Right. How do you do that, and in what context, understanding that you need to do the right thing for the right, for the right group, whether it's your child that you're teaching, whether it's a Sunday school class, or seminary, or missionary, what are you doing there? And then the testify. This is just a reminder to me that as I teach the restored gospel of Jesus Christ, I need to testify. It's not just about teaching. It's not just about blah, here's some information, right? It's the testifying. And when we were talking about the questions and we got to um, the, uh, boy, I have your empathic stuck in my head. The, oh.
1: Introspective question. Thank you.
0: Introspective. Yes. I introspective. You. Yeah. I, because ju- I, I had just changed that word empathic. So that was what was stuck in my head. The introspective questions. That's what we're trying to get them to do is to bear their testimony. But I have to remember to do that myself. So have you found yourself sometimes getting so wrapped up in the content that you're forgetting to testify?
1: Yeah. Well, and it's funny though. So here's a question for you. Do you have to say, I want to testify?
0: Right. I'd like to bear my testimony.
1: You know, right? like, I do find that it's much more comfortable for me to talk about the content and a little less comfortable to testify because it requires an element of vulnerability like yeah. it usually brings with it some emotion and I'm not a big fan of getting emotional. And so I think that's it's a harder one for me, for sure.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, and, and I think for me, it's it's a little different reason why. For me, it's here are the things that I want to focus on. Mm -hmm. And I want to, you know, like a lot of teachers, I want to make sure that I hit these specific points in specific ways, ask the right questions to get to this. And it it becomes more logistical sometimes. And oh, good. We're we're getting that. We're picking that up. Good. You're saying the right things. Good, 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 good that I forget that I need to testify as well.
1: Yes. Yes exactly you know i actually so just today we were talking about this we were talking because i taught um our religion class and we were talking oh, about yeah. paul. and specifically as we were talking about paul there's this reminder about it you know things being rish- written on the fleshy
0: Tables, tables of our yes. and it,
1: it becoming part of you is kind of part of what Paul is focusing on and I kind of had this confession moment where I'm like it's really really easy for me to study the gospel I love it I eat it up but it's really hard for me to translate that into something that then becomes part of my testimony. Mm-hmm. Like I get so caught up in the prep and so caught up in the interest of studying itself in the topic and the subject whatever it is that I sometimes forget how to really make it something that I feel. And right, that's the testify part comes in
0: that's a really that's a really good point. I had never quite looked at it that way, but that's so true. i I feel the same way where I'm wrapped up in doing it all., yep. and sometimes I don't let the the spiritual aspect of what I'm teaching get into me. I'm focused on it, getting into them. <laughs>
1: Like, isn't it almost hypocritical? You're like, I'm so helping you to figure out how this applies to your life that I totally forgot to figure out how it applies to mine. That's right. (laughs) Oops. Fatal flaw.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Boy, we could do a whole episode just on that. That, I mean, that's... I have... I actually have never thought of that quite like that. And that's... But it's so completely true.
1: Well, I kind of had a little bit of a nudge from the spirit that I was doing that. It was a little bit of a... Mm chastising almost, and I know, I mean, not in a negative way, but I just really felt a little pricked, even though that's kind of a a word that's maybe a little dramatic, but that I, I was maybe neglecting that part. And it's been motivating for me to really kind of ask myself the questions that I'm then intending to ask the group. But you know what's cool about this? And I don't mean to derail you at all, but I just have You're to not. say that when we are planning to testify, that we are asking ourselves those questions first before we ask them. And then we can actually decide if they're Mm. even good questions. Because if they require us to be thoughtful about the responses and thoughtful about how it applies to us, then we're actually strengthening our own testimony in the process of, you know, prepping to teach and hopefully strengthen somebody else. Right.
0: Yeah. I like that. We have the experience ourselves. First and then we can more, more genuinely teach it.
1: Yeah. Kind uh, of, right?
0: Yeah, I would think so. OK, that's great. I love that. Love, 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 love that. OK, so teach and testify. Can't forget the testify. And you're right. It's not always a and I would like to bear my. T-, and it's not always at the end. Why can't it be throughout the whole thing? Right. Right. It Maybe should be depending. I know. But OK, I so. teach and testify with clarity. This is one that I have, I spend so much time on myself. This is, this is actually a, a a thing that I do in my professional life that I love to take really complex subjects and figure out how to simply explain them so that others just get it so that they may not, their whole life, they may have never understood it, but just be able to go, Oh, I get it now. Did you,
1: did we talk about the Oliver Wendell Holmes quote about finding simplicity on the far side of complexity? Yes. That's what it is. That's what you're talking about. Like you are willing and desire to wade through the complexity to hopefully help start with simplicity.
0: That's, that's exactly right. That's exactly what it is. Let me give you an example. And maybe you've seen this. I think, I bet you, you have. What? Oh, I was about to go. <laughs> I was about to give you an example. And I thought, no, I'm not going to do I'm not going to do that example. OK, so there. OK, I'll, oh no, I just thought of another example. OK, even better one. I had a local leader of another church. This was a few years ago. He was an assistant pastor. He came over to my house and I invite. I invited him over and we sat down. We talked for three hours. That's and awesome. I what I wanted to find out was what does your church teach about our church? Because I have heard that it wasn't favorable. Then I want to try to clarify, you know, what we believe and et cetera. Um, And in there he said, well, you guys, your church, you believe in being saved by works. Mm -hmm. And I said, no, that's not true. And he goes, yes, it is. And i'd say uh actually no it's not (laughs) and 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 this is the the whole saved by grace saved by works topic is one that a lot of latter-day saints get incorrectly They, they don't quite understand it it's a it's not an easy thing to be able to simply state and say this is what this is actually how it works because we have such a culture around one way when doctrinally it's a completely different way
1: i know exactly what you're talking about right Mm
0: -hmm. um and so one of my things is how how to simply explain that so members of the church will just go oh oh okay done i've got it And every now and then we come upon a talk general conference or like a BYU speech or whatever. That'll do the same in other topics to where someone will explain it and you'll go, I thought it was, I thought it was a different way for 20 years. And I finally understand it now. Yeah. The big times. I mean, on
1: that specific topic, Mm -hmm. Follow him from, Romans seven through sixteen has a very succinct way of explaining that very topic. That was amazing. Totally not relevant to what we're talking about right now. But when you were saying it, I had that moment. I know exactly what you're talking about. Where I struggle to figure out how I would articulate it to somebody who has a different belief, for example. And what are those simple ways of explaining it? And they said it like with a quote from C.S. Lewis, and then one other phrase. And I was like. Oh, my gosh, that's like the perfect way of explaining it. So I literally had that experience this week that you are describing on the very topic. <laughs> that you to from.
0: That's incredible. That is great. I love that. And I love when we have that. So a lot of my study, again, is around how do I take a subject that is hard to explain? And then I work through it and like, right, go through the complexity piece and work drudge through it until I figure out a nice, easy way to explain it. Now, I think this is really, really important in regular teaching, but really, really important in missionary work. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because it's, it's easy to get derailed on, okay, if I'm coming at it from this perspective then I may be on a completely different track of what you're thinking. How do I bring them over to the track that I'm thinking and help them see a brand new way of looking at things like the Godhead about right. baptism, about how to be saved, right? All these different things. Um, so I think the clarity piece is kind of a, what's the opposite of, of a pet peeve? Like a uh, um,
1: to your soul. Yeah doesn't annoy you it soothes you
0: it's yes there we go it's it it makes me happy really really happy when i can totally clarify something like that it's your
1: neosporin
0: my neosporin
1: your hot chocolate on a cold winter day i can keep going
0: yeah i i'm loving it keep going keep going
1: okay so i have to say something though on that point of clarity yeah when you're talking about getting to a space where you're really clear, I love that you brought up the fact that first you have to wade through the complexity of it because I think that that's really <clears throat> because we sometimes accept super simple. When I say accept, I mean like we embrace yes. super simple aspects of the gospel just because we've known them our whole life, right? But never actually waded through the complexity of them ourselves to really understand them. Mm-hmm. And so in order for us to teach with clarity we can't just accept simplicity on the near side of that complexity and say this this is just what it is and then use these statements that people have always taught us we actually have to dive into the complexity of it and arrive at simplicity on the other side in order to then hang with someone as they wade through the complexity as well like it doesn't do us it's the oliver wendell Holmes says i wouldn't give a fig for simplicity on the near side of complexity because it doesn't have the same value. No. And I think that when that's part of, we kind of, um, I kind of, there are certain things that I come to in my teaching and it's a really humbling experience when this happens where I feel like I'm clear because I know the right words to say around it, but it's not something that I've waded through the complexity up to understand. And I think that there's a price that needs to be paid on the part of teachers to get to simplicity on the far side of that complexity.
0: Right. And I think a lot of why that is, is because when you can teach with clarity on that level, the people just get it. They go, oh, you transform them into a whole new area that they have never thought of before where they're just, wow, that was completely enlightening because you went through it, because you understood how to say it in such a way that they just get it. Yes. And it makes all the difference in the world, I think.
1: Yes, I wish I was better at that. Like, I really do wish I was better at that. I think sometimes I use too many words to explain things. And so like, <laughs> as you're saying this, in my mind, I can think of certain areas that I teach in where I'm like, no, 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 no. I can tell I didn't pay the price to find that clarity because I used way too many words to yep. try and explain.
0: Yep, it's, uh, I'm going to totally butcher, butcher this quote, but Mark Twain said something along the lines of, I'm sorry I didn't write you a shorter letter. I didn't have the time to. Right. Right. <laughs>
1: yes. Nailed it. Thank you, Mark Twain. <laughs> yeah.
0: And yeah. and when we don't have clarity and when we haven't worked through it like that, yeah. we tend to ramble and yes. the rambling takes up time, which honestly was what some teachers are okay with. You know, yeah. I just, I'm trying to get through this hour, <laughs> trying, to, trying to get through this hour of teaching seminary, right? Elders-
1: has a reputation for that like at least it used to I remember you know Todd coming home or Liam actually even my son as he's getting asked to teach now he's a priest and he'll be like I, I can just kill time after that I'll prepare like 10 minutes and then we'll just kill some time after that I'm like dude that's not how it works we've had to have some conversations
0: yes so that that is oh boy my mind is going now because oh. I, and I love that because I don't think I've ever recognized it quite like that That so many times when we prepare, it's I know the subject, (laughs) the Book of Mormon chapter. I can teach that no problem, and we don't go through it, and we just wind up asking questions that are okay, mumbling—not mumbling through it, but maybe bumbling through it. And we teach it, and it's good. That's fine, but when we do the hard work, Mm -hmm. it can be mind and soul expanding. I think.
1: One hundred percent. I think that's arrogant of us. Oh, absolutely. Like, and, and sometimes it's just of necessity because we don't have a lot of time to prepare mm-hmm. and I'm not knocking it. I think it's great that, you know, maybe you have some stuff that you can regurgitate, so to speak, but mm-hmm. man, it's something so different in, you know, the lessons where you have paid that price and it's, it's hard work. It's really hard work. It is. I have, yeah. a I had a friend substitute for me last week mm-hmm. and texted me afterwards because I was on vacation and she texted me and she's like, I need a five-hour nap. She's like, I am so exhausted because she threw her heart and soul into this lesson. She's incredible. She is an absolutely incredible human being. And I know that her lesson was mind-blowing. I'm so sad I actually wasn't there to to be part of it. But that is, we don't always have the luxury of that type of prep, but in a way that's how we should feel at the end of our lessons. Like we should be drained. Working with the spirit it does zap your energy to a certain degree and if you're working hard at it like it it's going to be work even while you're teaching it because you're going to be continuing to seek that guidance and direction and think really hard while you teach
0: i think another episode could be done on that subject right there what when you've taught a really good lesson what is it like how do you feel and 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 that i think is a big point right there i think another one is you walk away thinking, wow, that and actually thinking about it. <laughs> How many lessons do we teach? We walk away and go, oh, that was nice. And we move on and we never think about it again. Did it really get into our hearts like we need to? Probably not.
1: I'm writing some notes.
0: Keep going. Keep writing. So that's the clarity. and I think we can keep going on and on about clarity. Correct. But I think clarity is a huge piece of this. I'm always encouraging my kids um, and when we'll we'll do missionary stuff at our home sometimes, um, I'll say, okay, here's a subject. How do you teach, for example, the Godhead with simplicity? Don't ramble. Give me a few sentences to make it very clear. And it's really tough. It's really tough because, like you said, they've known it their whole life. And yep. they they're able to regurgitate it and just say it. But to say it in a way to help someone else understand, that's a completely different animal. It's not even close.
1: You know, it's kind of like you talked about at one, at uh, the very beginning in your episode about asking questions that you should have revisions on your questions and that you usually get to a better question once you've written it a few times. I think the same is true. Like part of with our kids, giving them the space to process externally To arrive at clarity it takes a lot of patience but i think what you're describing where you say how would you describe it succinctly what a powerful exercise because they're not going to get it the first time no they're not going to get it you know even the second or third time Mm -hmm. that allowing them to process through it and being with them as they arrive at that clarity is a really important you know experience our students do the same thing i say our students as though they're younger than me i'm a baby i mean i'm not i'm like an old lady but i'm not <laughs> about,
0: please like, julie i'm
1: thinking about i'm thinking about the specific class that i'm teaching right now with the steak right. um and i will walk away from that like somebody will say to me as they're you know starting to make a comment they'll be like okay i'm trying to figure this out i have this one person that i just love i'm going to name her because she's awesome stephanie ellsworth and she <laughs> i love stephanie face in the back of the classroom, she'll raise her hand. And then as I call on her, she'll go. And I'm like, why are you making my face? And she's like, because I'm trying to figure out exactly. And you can literally see her wheels churning and she has amazing comments. Mm -hmm. Part of what we're helping people to arrive at themselves is that kind of clarity and allowing them to kind of process and take a little longer to answer you sometimes is a great exercise because I think that everybody, you almost can hear two or three subsequent comments clarify and narrow the point that the person was trying to make in the first place. Yes. Have you found that as you teach too?
0: Yes, oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's it. And I, I know exactly what face you mean with Stephanie. I, I've seen it so many times before and so I love awesome. it, right? <laughs>
1: yeah, it's so awesome. Like. Yeah. I can say, face you're making the face
0: yes yes oh, that's so good yeah good okay so that's clarity Yep. now conviction i did something and i'm not sure that it was the right thing to do but i did it and i'm i'm just going to say what i did here years ago we had two missionaries in our ward who they would teach and the you know joseph smith didn't know what he should do. So he read in James 1 5, and da da, 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 da. And he said, and, and, and so, he, you know, I mean, it was very bland, very like this, right? And I invited them over and I sat them down. I said, Would you please share your testimony of this principle, each of you? And they did. And it was the most boring thing I have ever heard in my life. <laughs> and I said, Elders, you bore me.
1: Oh, my gosh, Kevin, I love you <laughs> right now. This is I'm like dying. This is awesome. <laughs> keep going. What was that? And keep going. Oh, OK, OK, OK. So loving the story. I'm imagining them squirming and being like, what did he just say?
0: Right. And, and part of it, I, I wanted to I wanted to help them understand that elders, this is the greatest thing in the world. Right. This is the most mind blowing, most. Yes. Most wonderful thing ever and you you look annoyed by it you look put out by it you look you look as if this really does i mean you're telling me about a recipe of your grandma's for thanksgiving that you really don't care about no tell me about the gospel of jesus christ that can absolutely transform someone's eternal life and what that's that's what i think of when when i think of conviction it's there's some emotion behind it there's some urgency behind it or there's something like that that shows other people that i'm serious this is really really important
1: yeah
0: right and i don't know if you've seen others uh, if you've seen some people bear testimony like that where it's just and and i'm not saying that every time you have that you you know if if someone's natural cadence is to kind of be more deadpan, that's OK. Every now and then, I mean, I don't think that there's a problem with that. But when we're teaching the people who we teach need to understand that this isn't boring to us. This is awesome.
1: Yeah. So let me push on something, though. Bring that's it. Kind of, I like not every teacher is going to have your personality.
0: No, completely personality. agree. Yes.
1: So what's the difference between energy and this conviction? Like, can you separate the two out?
0: Yes, my conviction comes from some energy that I'll exude and I'll and and my facial expressions,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: I've seen others have conviction where they're just quiet Yep. and the spirits there and it's incredibly powerful and the words that they say are very poignant and it's just wow but you can almost see it in their eyes at the same time and and they don't have to be crying but it's just a this is what i believe and and you totally know that they're on board and they're they love this conviction isn't all about you know motivation and you know hey everybody needs to do this too it's nothing like that it's or it can be that can be a part of it but it's much more deep at the same time it can be. And someone can be much more solemn when, when they have conviction.
1: So what I hear you saying is that conviction doesn't have to look a certain way. Conviction can come from any personality type conviction is actually just taking how you actually feel about something on the inside and bringing it out in whatever sincere way it comes out of you. Right. Right.
0: And I think, I think that's a great way to say that sincere. I think sincerity needs to be a huge part of it and that it's right. not I, 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 I'm I going off the cuff here off off the top of my mind that it's not rote, right. that it's not, oh, I've said this a million times before. Right. Here you right. go.
1: That so it's interesting because I think that there's a connection between the goal that you have to testify and this conviction. Because if you are preparing to testify, you're trying to make it personal, which means that you feel more conviction about what it is that you're saying. Like, I can remember times on my mission where I was distracted in a teaching appointment. One of the times was because I had some really, really bad stomach issues. I was in the Philippines and I had to go to the bathroom so bad I thought I was going to die. And I was trying to teach a principle of the gospel and I was so distracted. It was like, I'm sure it was the most rote thing you've ever heard, but it was also so fast. And then i'm like and where's your bathroom and that's not like it it when you're distracted people can tell like they're yes. not gonna be listening they're gonna be like what are they distracted what like what's really going on here and so i think what i hear you saying is that if we are going to teach we have to get to a point where we feel something about what it is that we're teaching mm-hmm. like that part of our prep is starting to feel something about it yes right
0: yes right on i've i've watched i've watched some for example missionaries they'll they'll teach a principle and then it'll be a handoff and then the person goes to and just starts you know playing with their fingernails
1: right yes
0: yep <laughs> and i'm like that that doesn't show me that you're actually invested in this that you actually care about it you're teaching me content that eh, eh, all right
1: like I'm just teaching to teach like this is my job right now.
0: Right. Uh, yeah, I'm getting paid to do this even though I'm paying, right?
1: Even though I'm not. But yes. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you feel that in someone and I I know, I mean, I know this is true probably of most people, but I am so much more drawn to listen to somebody that I can tell feels something deeply about what it is that they're sharing versus someone who's just telling me something that's rehearsed.
0: Right on. Absolutely. I why
1: do you think that's why in the missionary discussions they went away from the discussions and memorizing the discussions? I think so.
0: I think yeah. so. No more Mr. Brown, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> We're not saying the same thing over and over and over again. And and no. okay, this is this is odd, or not odd? I don't know. But I've seen a lot of missionaries. God is our at the very beginning. God is our loving heavenly Father, and and they're basically quoting what Preach My Gospel says. And, and and I'm thinking, no, 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 no. Say it in your own way. Yeah. Say it so that, because it's hard to say someone else's words with right. your conviction. You have to say right. it in your own words with your own conviction.
1: Like something about, you know, we have a loving God. He is our father. He's somebody that, you know what I mean? It's, it's bringing it, how it came to life for you is the words that you use to express it, not somebody else's words. So, man, I am so grateful for the people who have written this curriculum because I borrow phrases. I borrow that And I think that's appropriate because sometimes we have a difficult time giving words to our own convictions. And so somebody else's words that resonate with us, you can plagiarize when it comes to teaching the gospel. It really is okay. We're encouraged to do so, in fact, when quoting our prophets and apostles. They say it very very well. But you've got to make it your own first. got to feel something about it and say it the way that it means something to you.
0: Which goes back to the testifying right. at the same time, right? You have to work through that and make it a part of you. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wow. Yes.
1: Exactly. love it. I love
0: that. So teach and testify with clarity and conviction. And then my daughter, uh, my daughter is on a mission in the D.C. South Mission. And I don't I'm going to actually Actually, I get to see her tomorrow. I'm flying to D.C. for work and I got permission to go take her and her companion to dinner and and to see her. So I'm kind of excited about
1: that. That's so amazing.
0: I'm really excited. So anyways, so there's that. But I don't know whether this is her mission president's phrase or whether he said it again, whether he said it once and that's what it was. But I've added it to the end of this. So it's so for me now, it's teach it. And, and this doesn't always go with all types of teaching, but teach and testify with clarity and conviction without hesitation or reservation.
1: Mm-hmm. I love that.
0: I love that, especially when it comes to missionary work, especially when it comes to teaching people who are not of our faith yet without hesitation or reservation.
1: You know, what? that's hard. I know.
0: I know.
1: <laughs> like, it I'm It is. Thinking- lunch I had with a friend of mine, and this was a while ago. And we were talking about the gospel and she had lost a daughter when her daughter was really young. And so she was very drawn to what I'd shared with her about eternal families. And I remember we started talking about some social issues as part of that discussion. And I wanted so badly to phrase things in a way that wouldn't turn her off. Mm. That I was running through the filter of what would feel socially appropriate to her versus what would be the most clear, what would be the most, you know what I mean? And yeah. so I was reserved and, con- I mean, honestly hesitating in um, sharing certain things that our church believes. Um, and I say our church believes. It sounds as though we're isolated. No, certain um, certain things that I have a testimony of because of the fact that I didn't think that they would land well with her, or Mm -hmm. I was worried about um, the fact that it might somehow turn her off from continuing our conversations about the gospel. And I've regretted that. Like that stuck out in my Mm -hmm. mind a lot because I was so like trepidatious and reserved. And I don't even know, I don't, I don't know why I feel kind of sad about it. And I've kind of tried to pick that apart a little bit.
0: I don't think you're alone. I think we (laughs) all have those kind. Yeah,
1: right. It's still that way a little bit. Sometimes it's really Mm -hmm. hard.
0: It is. It it is very difficult. So when we think about teach and testify with clarity and conviction in that context of what you're just saying, Mm -hmm. if we can go through the difficulty of trying to clarify and knowing what to say, because in situations like that, it is difficult to know what to say. And then how do I relate gospel principles in this circumstances? or in the circumstance, and and it's important to do that, but how do I do it so I'm not offending them, but at the same time, I'm being bold, and right. but not overbearing at the right. same time, right? Um, but the more we can go through the difficulty of trying to understand how to clarify things and teach it well, the easier it will be in circumstances like that, where it's not a formal teaching time, yeah. but it's a time when you can Teach and testify. When you have those opportunities, it will come more naturally, right? right.
1: And I we, totally
0: agree. we will always have deficiency. I, I'm the same way. I don't know what to say when someone loses a family member. How do right. you? How do you say? And that's something that I need to work on. I, I'm I'm pretty bad at that, to tell you the truth.
1: And at the same time, Kevin, you don't exactly rehearse how you're going to, operate. (laughs) you just can't, it's not that, but what it is, and, and honestly, sometimes it's knowing when to shut our mouths and not share a principle of the gospel, because then it sounds like we're trying to fix this problem of loss. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's not that it's just not that. And so part of it, I think is, knowing when it's appropriate to share with clarity and conviction, something that we believe like timing it right. agree. And they won't be as hesitant and we won't like, it'll be invited almost. And I think that's part of it is I think though, that when it comes to articulating principles of the gospel that are sometimes difficult for other people to comprehend, rehearsing it is great. I love the exercise you described with your kids. That's something I want to do with mine. Like that's ultimate mission prep, isn't it?
0: Yes. It and
1: is. that's a fantastic exercise. We just have to be careful that we don't do it in such a way that then makes it rote when we go to actually share it exactly In a way that helps to build the conviction and deepen the conviction.
0: Yeah. You summed it up perfectly. Thank you. <laughs> well, I love that. <laughs> Very good. So teach and testify with clarity and conviction without hesitation or reservation.
1: Yes. So, so good
0: that's 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 what I have in my mind all the time as I prepare as I teach etc that's that's my personal thing you know I'm sure other people have theirs which is great but that helps me really focus on what I feel is the most important things to make sure that on on my end that I'm doing to make sure that the spirit is there so that the spirit can teach and so that people can change and become more like Jesus Christ so
1: well said Kevin. i loved that
0: well thank you uh everyone here thank you for listening if you would please share and like and subscribe and oh one thing to take away from this if you would in the comments we would love to hear out of those teach and testify with clarity and conviction without hesitation reservation which one will you work on and how will you work on it which one do you need help with the most And what are you going to do about making it uh, a strength again for you? So please, we'd love to we'd love to hear. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Thank you, Julie. It's great discussing with you. I love it. Take care, everyone.
1: Bye.